Welcome to Teach Back Tuesday, where we play the most popular episodes from the previous season. This week's episode, Recovering from Spiritual Dryness, was recorded in September of 2021, back when we were still trying to find our footing again in the midst of an ongoing pandemic. For some of us, adding the pressures of COVID to a life that already had plenty of issues increased the risk of spiritual dryness. If you've been feeling spent, this episode is for you. Let's listen again. Are you one of many people who didn't mind when church was limited to live stream for a season? Maybe you would only admit this to close friends or family members, but there were many who were saying under their breath, I really don't mind this live streaming. And maybe they weren't even saying it under their breath. There were lots of reasons. Some were saying it's less stressful, there's less prep, you don't have to load all the kids in the car if you have to do that. But regardless, there were quite a few people who got used to live stream as a way of going to church. And when churches went exclusively live stream during the COVID pandemic, it was somewhat novel at first to be able to go to church electronically. It had been there all along. In some cases, it had been there for years in some ministries. But after decades of going to church in person, suddenly we were sitting in our pajamas with pancakes and bacon and coffee in our Bibles. Okay, maybe some of you only had coffee, but still it was something we weren't used to doing. Something happened during that time of the nation shutting down. It created the perfect environment for spiritual dryness. Not everyone has had this experience, but if you found yourself embracing the live stream over the in-person service so much that you didn't want to return, there may actually be more going on than just the side effects of a pandemic. And it's not just about church either. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. Seasons of spiritual dryness can happen to anyone. The pandemic is not the only thing that was going on in people's lives when it arrived on the scene, and it will never be the only thing we're facing on any given day. There are many things in life that can leave us feeling physically spent and spiritually drained, but God can help us recover. Let's look at three indicators that we may be spiritually thirsty, and then we'll explore suggestions for recovering from this temporary condition. Yes, spiritual dryness happens. No, it doesn't have to become permanent. Number one out of three signs that you may be spiritually thirsty, Bible study or even Bible reading has become a chore. Spiritual dryness is not always self-inflicted, but it is often extended by habits that we choose for ourselves. It's a choice to treat the Bible as optional. After all, you're reading other things. You're scrolling through other things. You're watching other things on your favorite video apps, and none of those things will help to relieve the thirst. If you've been neglecting personal Bible study, understand that you're being robbed, but you can put a stop to it. John 10.10 tells us that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The longer you stay away from your Bible, the worse you'll feel. It's common to grow tired of feeling guilty about the neglect, so the guilt gets replaced with a hardened heart. 
This is when life takes a sharp turn towards finding fault with everything to do with Christianity. Is it possible for someone who once walked closely with the Lord to turn their back and walk away? Yes, it is. And staying out of the Word definitely feeds this process. Let God water your soul with His Word. You've probably heard about the habit of reading a proverb a day, and in fact, you've probably heard it so often that you may even tune it out at this point. Well, try the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians has 155 verses in six chapters. If you only read five verses per day, you'll finish the entire book in 31 days. Time in the Word, whether by reading or listening, will help you to recover from spiritual dryness. So if you're struggling to read, use an audio Bible. They're fantastic for still having the Word of God really penetrate your soul. But don't go completely without the Word of God. Don't accept that as normal. You won't recover that way. Don't allow the robbery to continue. A second indicator of spiritual dryness, you don't want to go to church. Maybe not even live stream. Hebrews 10.25 is often quoted as a verse related to church attendance. Listen to what it says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. The assembling in this verse is used in reference to Christians gathering for worship. But have you considered Hebrews 10.24? It's directly related to verse 25, and it says this, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. The phrase consider one another means to observe carefully and to perceive. It's hard to do that via live stream. And the time away from people may develop into becoming antisocial and withdrawn. Instead of considering others, we become inconsiderate and begin to see people as nothing more than optional sources of irritation. This is not a good direction to go in, and actually it's not biblical. When God says that we need to consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, he's telling us that we need each other. It's an accountability that God intended for us to have, and it's a good kind of accountability, the kind that helps us to bear much fruit. Do you want your soul satisfied or not? The satisfied soul is the obedient soul. I went through a season when I first moved to Pensacola when going to church had multiple layers of hardness. First, I wasn't used to attending such a large ministry. Parking was a challenge, and there were thousands of students in the crosswalks, and you had to sit in these long lines while the traffic police kept you from running people over. And then when I'd walk into the auditorium with thousands of seats, I was standing there wondering where to sit. I felt so alone in a crowd every week until my oldest son and his wife moved to town. I still struggled even after they arrived, though, and it was in part because I was feeling totally lost in the ministry overall. After three decades of service at First Baptist Church of Rosemount, I went from a church home to feeling homeless in church. I had spent most of my adult life worshiping and serving alongside my husband, Norman, I didn't know how to go to church without him, and there were some evenings and midweek services where I just preferred live stream. I was one of those who didn't mind the live stream services, but this was before the pandemic. It hurt my soul less to watch the service electronically than it did to go into a mob of people and attend the service. I needed the Lord to walk me up and out of that valley, and he did. 
One of the ways God did it was to get me plugged into serving him by serving others. When we stop making things all about ourselves and shift our focus onto others, being there for them becomes an active part of worshiping the Lord. Please take action now. If you've allowed yourself to continue avoiding church, you may wake up one day and it's your deeply ingrained habit. The issue isn't church, not really. The real issue is a perspective that God's word doesn't have to be followed. This leads us to thinking that it's simply fine to do whatever's right in our own eyes, but God will weigh our motives in the end. Proverbs 21 verse 2 reminds us that every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts as soon as possible. Go back to church with purpose, to worship the Lord and to serve others. Find a place of service and dedicate yourself to the Lord. This also helps with the recovery from spiritual dryness. A third and final sign of spiritual dryness is a disordered prayer life. The Bible made it clear that prayer is like breathing. We're just continually praying for someone about something, anytime, anywhere. The three-word verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing, sums up how often to pray. When we cease to pray, we cease to experience the power of prayer. A disordered prayer life is spotty and almost non-existent. When prayer becomes a transaction used mainly for filing our complaints or demanding help in emergencies, we're treating God like he owes us the requests we're making. Praying becomes a means to make demands instead of requests. Becoming a petulant child in prayer is not going to speed up the answers. We know in our souls that we can't tell God what to do or when to do it, but when we're spiritually dry, there's a tendency to lose all sense of politeness. When Jesus was at the point where he was about to be crucified, he had asked the disciples to pray. They fell asleep instead, and this is what happened in Matthew 26:40. And he, meaning Jesus, cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? We have things happening in our lives every day that are really beyond the scope of what we can handle. Couldn't we spare a few minutes of time in prayer? God uses this time to draw our hearts closer to his, and he quiets our souls, and he comforts us in our affliction, and he hears our prayers. Feeling far away from the Lord makes our souls needy in a way that only God can satisfy. But instead of drawing nearer to the Lord, we may mistakenly try to rely on people to answer our prayers. Yes, it happens. We'll call someone and say, I need money for this sudden situation, instead of asking God. We'll sink into despair over a change of plans rather than asking the Lord, what would you prefer me to do? Prayer is taken lightly when we're spiritually thirsty, but God can restore our prayer lives in a moment. You can start right away. Try this. Set a timer for seven minutes and then find a quiet place to kneel and pray. If you're not sure what to say at first, begin your prayer with the example found in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Here's what it says. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, if you've set a timer for seven minutes of prayer time, you'll still have six minutes and 30 seconds to continue in prayer. (laughs) You're meeting with God. You're not in a rush here. Be as real with him as you would your most trusted friend. And if you've never had anyone you could trust, you do now. Part of being real is confessing sin to God. He already knows about it anyway, so we may as well come clean. We don't want anything hindering our communication with God. Psalm 66:18 reminds us that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Don't cling to sins like secret pets. Unconfessed sin prolongs spiritual dryness. God wants to hear our prayers, and we can even repeat ourselves. If you've been neglecting your prayer life, make a fresh start now. Pick a quiet spot, set a timer for seven minutes, and pray until the timer goes off. But don't be surprised if you find yourself praying right past that timer. There's nothing special about seven minutes. It's merely a starting point. When we're spiritually dry, we're needy. So it's not the time to flog ourselves. It's the time to care for our souls. We need the water of the word, the fellowship of believers, and the communion of prayer. God may uncover additional areas of need when we go to him in prayer, but he's also willing and able to deliver us from whatever has pushed us into the spiritual desert. In Isaiah 44, 3, the Lord said these words, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. Regardless of the cause, it is possible to recover from spiritual dryness. If you've been in a dry spell, know that God is ready to quench your thirst any time. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.